Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Real Presence Live. Uh, my name is Mike Kidrowski. I'm here with uh, Doug Jellick. We're your co-hosts for the show. We're broadcasting live from Queen of Peace Parish in Dickinson, North Dakota. That's in the Diocese of Bismarck. And uh, right now, Doug, we have sunny skies. We have kind of uh, just a breeze and a beautiful spring day out there. <laughs> you forgot one major thing. We have snow on the ground. Yeah, I'm looking at about a four and a half foot snow bank right outside the door of uh, Queen of Peace Parish. We just got through a, a 30 inches of snow here in Dickinson, North Dakota, what we're digging out. And uh, praise be to God, we did get this moisture because we were so, so dry. We were in a drought. This will help, Doug. Well, I tell you what, Mike, it, when you watch the weather and you, it gets to the point where you accept God's will in it, that you want to be the highest one with the highest measure of snow. But we came in third, I believe. So third's good. Well, folks, uh, we're so very glad you, you decided to join us this morning. And uh, as we do with every show, we start off with prayer. So let us pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Heavenly Father, you are so incredibly good to us. We thank you for this blessed day, and for all the gifts you have extended to us. Please help us to be good stewards of those gifts. We thank you also for this ministry in Real Presence Radio and for our listeners and supporters. We ask your blessings upon those listening, that their hearts will hear your word, and that they will experience the love and joy of Jesus Christ today. And we ask this through the intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Doug, let's just get right into our, our lead-off hitter, our first guest of the morning. Uh, folks, we have Dr. David Eckelbarger uh, with us by phone from the University of Mary. Uh, Dr. Eckelbarger is an... Assistant Vice President for Academic Affairs at the University of Mary. And the heart of the interview uh, statement says his primary and favorite responsibility is integrating the University of Mary's mission and Benedictine values into its non-traditional programs. Uh, previously, Dr. David served as the university, uh, uh, served at the university as an associate professor of philosophy. Well, welcome to the show, Dr. Eckelbarger. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's so good to, to, to have you on the air with us. Thanks for carving out some time for us. Now, uh, it, always exciting things happening at the University of Mary, uh, and it uh, has re recently expanded its offerings. 
And it's uh, launching, launching an intentionally designed suite uh, of programs for the Catholic professional. Very interesting. Can you tell us about this endeavor? Yeah, I'd be glad to. Um, so the University of Mary has been offering distance education for non-traditional students, working adults, for nearly three decades now. And uh, it's really an outgrowth of our apostolic mission. The University of Mary, part of our, our mission is to be cultural renewal, uh, agents of cultural renewal in a time and place, really to serve our, our regions. And we've thought about how can we serve those who can't come to us physically on campus here in Bismarck due to family or career or physical distance. And uh, our online programs um, are really attractive for, for people with work and family responsibilities. And so we've been uh, tried to be a pioneer in offering flexible, hybrid, and online courses for this population. Very good. There's always uh, unique, unique things happening at the University of Mary. I'm, I'm just intrigued about uh, what you call the Catholic professional. Now, can you expand on that a little bit? And why should a Catholic professional who is looking for additional training or to advance his or her career look to the university? It's really tempting to say that the Catholic professional is just someone who has a professional career and who also happens to be Catholic. That would be the easy answer. But I don't right. think that quite gets at what we're trying to capture. Uh, that sort of conveys that these things sort of live side by side with one another and, and never really interact. And uh, I like to think of the Catholic professional as anyone who views their profession or their career as a kind of vocation. Um, doesn't mean right. that they're taking on holy orders, but there's a sense in which they're still putting their gifts and talents in the service of the Church. And so I think of the Catholic professional as someone who sees their work as first and foremost being sustained by their Catholic faith, but also being put in the service of the Catholic faith, uh, whether that's directly or indirectly. Uh, healthcare, I think, is a great example, right? The nurse is definitely a professional. She's got a certain kind of expertise and skill, certainly skills that I don't have as a philosopher. Um, but the healing ministry has always been at the heart of, of the Church's mission, and to have a nurse who can enter into the suffering of her patients or understand the invaluable human dignity that's before her uh, is just so important for her to live out her profession um, as, a, as a distinctively Catholic person. And we're trying to help educate... Uh, people who have great, impactful careers in a way that can help them um, be agents of cultural renewal and bring their skills into service of their communities and their church in a distinctively Catholic way. So when you talk about that, Dr. David, the question is you talked about programs. So what programs you know, are out there that you have that are, are new or existing programs that would help an individual in their vocation? Yeah. I think this is kind of the genius of, of what we're doing. As I mentioned, we've been, we've been doing online education for a long time. Uh, so this is nothing new to us. But the, I think there's a renewed intentionality and a renewed vigor in uh, the programs that we're offering, some that we've been offering for a very long time. For example, our MBA or our nursing programs, this has been really at the heart of what we do for our non-traditional students, but also adding some new programs that can help supplement the really great things that we're offering, including uh, some of our certificates where uh, someone who's interested in Catholic philanthropy, for example, can learn the best practices of a philanthropic organization and uh, how to organize a nonprofit for service of the Church. And they can get a kind of competency in as little as 15 weeks, so it's not a, a full-blown uh, MA program necessarily. We have um, a new program in uh, Catholic counseling with a focus on uh, anthropology, 
So this is a service, a counseling service that really draws from the heart of a philosophical understanding of what it means to be a human person. And we have uh, a new MA uh, in Applied Catholic Theology where the idea is that our students will draw deeply from uh, the tradition and the magisterium, but also have an eye on how this uh, will influence their apostolic engagement with other individuals as they serve the Church. So those are just a few examples. But our programs really span all of our major schools, uh, School of Education and Behavioral Sciences, School of Health Sciences, our School of Arts and Sciences, our School of Business. Uh, we have it, and this allows us, I think, to focus really intentionally on the mission and make sure that we're being true to who we say that we are, uh, focusing on that professional who cares deeply about their faith. Folks, if you're just joining us this, uh, this morning, we're visiting with Dr. David Eckelbarger from the University of Mary. He is an assistant of vice president for academic affairs. We're talking about uh, uh, Catholic professional, the program involving Catholic professionals. And so, uh, Dr. David, uh, when you mentioned you trying to, your, your, your goal is to uh, encourage uh, your students to think of a their career as a vocation and I'm thinking that if you can do that when you do that you are doing it when you do that that just gives more of a meaning to their career more of a meaning to their steps through life can you uh, uh, unpack that a little bit yeah I'd love to one of Monsignor's favorite uh, things that he mentions to our undergraduate students uh, is a, a sort of a stern, uh, but I do think joyful reminder that uh, your life is not about you. Uh, uh. We were made in this paradoxical kind of way where we're the most alive and the most fulfilled when we are giving our lives in the service of others. And when you do get into a career, I think there is a temptation to fall back into that mindset of this is about me, this is my career, this is my advancement, this is my professional competence. And I think we find much more gratitude and joy in what we're doing when we do view it in the service of others in a particular kind of way. And uh, so our programs serve as a, as a reminder of that, but then also they're meant to help uh, people who do have professionals learn how to navigate some of the difficulties of a, um, a secular age and learn how to, to give themselves fully as a Catholic um, in, in meaningful and substantial ways uh, to those who they're serving, whether it's in, in business or education or healthcare. Yes, and I know you are a leader in uh, your nursing program. Uh, congratulations on that. Your MBA program has been uh, going for many years and you do an outstanding job on that. So congratulations uh, to the University of Mary on your, or your successes. And uh, so as I was in graduate school, uh, not too long ago, but it was a long time ago, but at the University of Mary, uh, there was an emphasis on the Benedictine values. And <clears throat> certainly those values do complement your uh, your program to becoming a Catholic professional. Can you uh, discuss that a little bit, Dr. David? Yeah. I like, I like the, the way that you mentioned that they, they complement what we do here because uh, they're, they're rooted in the rich tradition of the Church, right? These Benedictine values don't come out of nowhere. They're not sort of like flowers that you just sort of cut and put in a vase and they'll, they'll live forever. Like, they're, they're nourished in the soil 
of our Catholic tradition. And so hospitality is really rooted in our understanding of what it means for dignity of purpose, or moral courage is rooted in our conviction of the gospel and the great hope that we have in the resurrection, uh, and that our service will be fruitful, uh, that God will bless the work of our hands. And so, on the one hand, I think it's easy to focus on the Benedictine values because they're, they're accessible and they make sense, right? Prayer, moderation, respect for persons, and that's our invitation to students into this deeper tradition so that they can come to understand what it is that's sustaining their hospitality and their moderation and their community so that when they are pressed or they are challenged, they have the resources to, to persevere and to be uh, great leaders with great vision and great moral courage. Dr. David, going off that note, Mike read the heart of the interview at the beginning of our interview, and, and there's a line there that struck me that his primary and favorite responsibility is integrating you and Mary's mission and Benedictine values. Why is that your favorite? I, I think it's the most important thing that we do. I love the University of Mary so much because of our mission. Uh, we really believe in it, and we try to carry it out. And this is an opportunity to serve an institution and a mission that I love uh, that in no small way is carrying on the work of the Church. Uh, we're preparing our, our moral leaders, and it's just a great joy to sit down and to think about these different disciplines and have great conversations with faculty about how do we convey the most important parts of what we believe into uh, to our professionals. I had a, just an awesome conversation with a faculty member the other day in occupational therapy uh, who was kind of concerned with the way that the language of dignity had shifted and being used with patients as though they were restoring their dignity perhaps by helping them, um, you know, have regained functionality and things. And she's like, I, I just don't know if you can restore dignity. I think it's always there. How do I understand that we're improving someone's lives, but we're not necessarily making them more dignified than they were to begin with? And it's just such a great blessing to work with people who, who have that vision and that eye to understand um, what we're doing and how, you know, for in this particular case, a proper understanding of human dignity makes all the difference in the world in your professional service to other human beings. It's, it's just delightful. Mm -hmm. Well, folks, uh, we have to take a break right now. Uh, if you're just joining us, we're uh, visiting with Dr. David Eckelbarger from the University of Mary. He is an assistant vice president for academic affairs. He's uh, unpacking the concept of a Catholic professional and the incorporation of the Benedictine values into education at the University of Mary. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, 
We want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA, or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director of Riverview Place. I've worked my entire career in healthcare as a social worker in the hospital, skilled nursing, and hospice settings. I love my job. Not only do I get to work with a caring, dedicated team that displays human kindness to every resident, it's a privilege to offer seniors a lifestyle that reminds me of what it felt like to grow up in the small rural town of Buffalo, North Dakota. To join our faith-based community, call us today for a tour at 701-412-1952. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Yes, welcome back to Real Presence Live. Ladies and gentlemen, we're just so very glad that you uh, made part of your day or took time to fill it, uh, to fit us in. And uh, we're uh, having a great, great discussion with Dr. David Ecklebarger from the University of Mary. And let's just get right into uh, 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 this, uh, his presentation, Doug. And uh, uh, you mentioned during the break that you're interested uh, in the vibrant campus culture that the University of Mary has. Yes, and I want to go back during the break. Listeners, we were talking to Dr. David, and I just, Mike and I appreciated how he gave that example of talking to a student about dignity. And to have a culture that university is married is just not a place to study. It's how to live out your faith. And that was just, again, Dr. David, great example of what you and Mary have as a culture. So my question to you is that obviously there's challenges not only on a the campus to do that culture, but also how do you bring that then to online students? So if you could you know, touch base on two of those, those two levels. Yeah, these are great questions that I, I think about all the time. Uh, tempting to say they keep me up at night, but I think they're they're joyful obstacles to try to try to solve. Because as I mentioned earlier, many people who are in these online programs, it's not because they don't want to come to campus or they're not interested in uh, you know a traditional setting. It's we live in we're, we're limited, and uh, they have obligations of career, or family, or location that prevent them from coming to campus. But we still want to provide for them as much as possible the the great experience that students have here because they have um, they form friendships right they form friendships with one another and their faculty and they benefit from frequent unplanned interactions with one another and they have a support network that they feel that they can plug into and so one of the things that we try to do for our our non traditional students who can't come and live with us as our traditional students do is we actually do bring them to campus I think that's one of the really unique things about our Catholic portfolio programs. Uh, for many of our programs, not all, but a good number of them, we host summer institutes where, um, you know, a student, a professional who maybe can't come live with us for a whole semester, they come for a week, and this is an opportunity for them to, one, just enjoy the beautiful campus in the summer, 
to meet students in their cohort, to meet their faculty face-to-face, to begin forming those friendships and having those conversations, uh, and then also really dive into some of the material that's best conveyed uh, face-to-face or might be more discussion-based. And in addition to building community, it's also an opportunity for us to bring in uh, experts in the community to, to give talks and lectures, and then our students get to worship and pray together, which is just, just fabulous. So I'll give a brief example. We have a MA-MBA program. Uh, it's a dual degree where students earn one degree and uh, it has tracks, uh, business tracks, and then a, a philosophy track in it. We're bringing these students in the summer, and uh, they're going to go through kind of a, a logic and critical thinking boot camp together. Uh, they're going to really engage, really really dive into the philosophical habit of mind, and they'll do that together in the morning, and then we have some recreation opportunities for them, some worship opportunities, and then we're also bringing in uh, business leaders from the Bismarck Mandan community to, to speak with them and help form them, and it's going to be great. You know, Dr. David, I, I do appreciate how you... Uh your faculty and you approach that it's so you cannot have the individual who cannot be there the whole semester but then you ask yourself well, what's the next best thing we can do and it certainly sounds like that's what you're you're doing that is what we're doing uh we're doing our very best with the finite we're, we're finite human beings in a finite world and uh everything can't be perfect you can't have it all but we're trying to do the best we can uh for our students and so we have some other projects in the works to try to help uh, give opportunities for conversation uh, and, you know, community building in a, in a virtual space. And maybe I can come on and talk about those later when they come to fruition. But, yeah, we're constantly thinking about how do we bring our campus culture as much as possible. We understand it can't transfer perfectly, but what can we do to give uh, our students a really vibrant, uh, holistic experience? So, Dr. David, as you're laying awake in bed, <laughs> tell me your vision of this in the future oh of how all this plays out i think yeah where you would know, you like really to see great it institutes too. for the catholic professional i would just love for us to be known um you know pretty widely as sort of the the place to go for uh catholic professionals um if you want to you know do an rn to bsn degree or you want to you know get your doctorate in business education or if you're uh, a catholic educator who would like to get a master's degree thinking really carefully about catholic education um, i'd like to be first and foremost in people's minds i think partly because of the formation we do try to give our students um, we provide really excellent uh... you know technical career proficiency training, which everyone needs who, who has a profession. But at the same time, everything we do is for the, the formation of you as a whole person. And I would just love for that to, to be the first thing that people think about is we could come to the University of Mary and be formed uh, in really substantial ways in addition to uh, gaining a whole lot of technical, technical expertise. Doug, uh, excuse me, uh, Dr. David, um, you mentioned... Uh, uh, briefly, just a few moments ago, there's a, a dual course or du- dual tr- track with a Master's of Business Administration, and you also uh, interjected uh, injected the uh, logic and uh, the logic and critical thinking boot camp. I think is w- what you mm-hmm. uh, refer yeah. to. Uh, but uh, so, is there a, a, a double master's degree that someone would? Uh, could you unpack that a little bit? Yeah. It's a dual degree uh, in two fields, so it's 36 credits. Um, and what we've done is we thought about uh, our MBA program, which we've been doing for a really long time and which is 
really great and really robust. Uh, but we also, as a Catholic university, have a really robust faculty uh, in philosophy. And philosophy has so much to offer, uh, as you all know, uh, other disciplines. There's a, there's a habit of mind, uh, this ability to analyze, synthesize, and uh, think holistically and critically at the same time about anything. Uh, philosophers are really known for their ability to think really well and really critically, but also they're formed uh, explicitly in an ethical and moral tradition. And we thought, wow, how wonderful would it be to infuse our MBA program with some of these great virtues of, of wisdom and prudence. And uh, so what we did is we, we looked at the curriculum for the MBA, and we took sort of like the heart, right, the core of the core of the MBA, uh, and we, we laid that out. And then we looked at the philosophy side of things, and we thought, what are sort of the essential philosophical courses that a student have to take? And we, we pulled those together, uh, and it's, uh, it's one master's degree, uh, but it's in two fields. And so you graduate with an MBA, uh, MA in, in philosophy from the University of Mary, which is it's going to be great. It's wonderful. Our students have really enjoyed it so far. Dr. David, you talked about vocations and uh, having the students realize that what they do is a vocation. You don't have to have be called to be a priest, uh, a, a a nun, whatever the case may be. Tell me about your vocation. How has this affected your life and your family? Yeah, this is. I'm in a new position. Uh, this began in January. Uh, for me, and I was uh, I was living a very blessed life. Everything I'd ever wanted had <laughs> come true. I'm, I'm teaching philosophy, uh, which not everyone gets to do. I was the chair of the philosophy program, uh, and I was asked, "Hey, we we have this new position. Uh, you know, we've been working on our Catholic portfolio. We'd like to provide some leadership to it and have someone really be the champion of online education and specifically mission integration to." inform our curriculum, to work with faculty, to form faculty, uh, to really make sure we're delivering on our promises. And uh, in some ways, it was a difficult decision because it meant stepping out of the classroom, which I loved deeply. But on the other hand, I spoke uh, earlier about my love for the University of Mary's mission. And, you know, to, to just feel as though I have the opportunity to put uh, whatever gifts and talents God has given me in service of, of this great institution and in service of the church, um, you know, it was an honor to be asked, and it's been an honor to serve in this particular way. And although it was challenging, uh, a difficult decision, or in some sense something I, you know, wasn't exactly looking to do, uh, you do feel the great life and joy of the gospel uh, when you are putting your putting your gifts and talents in the service of something uh, other than yourself that you believe believe in sincerely and with conviction. Uh, folks, we uh, just have a, a few more minutes left. We're visiting with uh, Dr. David. Eckelbarger from the University of Mary. And uh, uh, Dr. David, uh, you mentioned your MBA and the, the dual uh, track that you have with logic and critical thinking. Um, uh, how about the other areas like your uh, master's degree in education, uh, leadership in education? Uh, certainly that is an opportunity to do the same type of dual track. Is, is that uh, being thought about, or maybe it's already incorporated? Yeah, I think it's already incorporated. Um, mm -hmm. We think about education, and this is just such a great opportunity for, for leadership. Um, you know, I think coming out of the pandemic, two areas that have been really challenged, uh, both culturally and then in terms of burnout, have been education and healthcare. Uh, these are two two facets where we really do need really strong leadership, and this is a, a great opportunity for evangelization and witness of uh, 
just the power of the Catholic faith in the service of others, whether it's helping heal people's bodies or heal their minds or helping educate uh, children and care for their souls. And so we do have um, an MA uh, in uh, Catholic education that really focuses uh, very carefully on what it means to be a Catholic educator. There's a history of education, there's uh, courses in the history of education in the Catholic Church, and, and thinking really deeply about what it means to form students in an explicitly uh, Catholic environment, uh, but also drawing upon a rich philosophical tradition. So we have that, and we offer it, and uh, I think it's one of it's going to quickly become one of our flagship programs. One thing as we um, get to this end of this segment here, Dr. David, I just want to touch upon that. First of all, the calling of, I'm just so happy for you personally and professionally, how much joy you are uh, feeling from this, but also just a reminder from our listeners, at the beginning you talked about what Monsignor Shea does at University of Mary in regards to reminding you all that it's not about you and that we most feel alive and feel the joy in the service of others. And I just want to commend that and remind our listeners, it starts there each and every day that it's not about us. And if we want to feel joy in our lives, we want to feel most alive, um, we can, uh, it's in service of others. And not. And I want to commend, not only are you doing that on campus, but now you're reaching out and online. So thank you for your efforts. Yeah, thank you. I, I think about some of like, we have a very joyful campus and I think about some of the happiest people we have and there are student success advisors who every day are devoted to helping uh, working adults transition into online education and helping them with their advising and their textbooks and their Canvas access. We know that this is a difficult thing to make this transition and some people are coming back to school for the first time and uh, I love speaking with our student success advisors because they can see the impact they're making on someone's life every day and uh, it, it shows in their faces. Yes, uh, well, thank you. We have to conclude. We could we could go on for uh, another couple hours, I'm sure, Dr. David. Oh, yeah. We are, we're at the end of our uh, half-hour segment. Uh, Dr. David Eckelbarger, thank you very much for uh, uh, just uh, spending time with us to, to bring us up to date on the University of Mary. Thank you. You, you have a good Easter season, and uh, say hello to Monsignor Shea for us. I will. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have to take a break. But when we come back, Monsignor Thomas Richter will be joining us and sharing uh, part two of his discussion on discernment. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more Real Presence Live right after this message. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 